Welcome to Thursday's Collective. Today we discuss uh, some uh, sad news. Uh, the submarine uh, that was that uh, mission that tried to reach the shipwreck of Titanic looks like uh, all hope is lost. It's probably exploded. That's the latest news that we get. At least it means the people didn't suffer that much. So this was a tragedy, but for me, it was also an insight into the darkness in many people's soul. Because recently we had two kinds of tragedies. There was the tragedy of the migrants that were drawn in Mediterranean. Hundreds of people died. And normal human like rules of civility means that unless you're like a vile racist, you empathize these people were going for a better life. This was something very, very, very tragic. And it monopolized actually the news in Greece for many days, although we're three days away from election. But this time, this time with the submarine, because the people inside the submarine were not millionaires, sorry, were not refugees. They were millionaires. They were rich. So different rules apply to them. There's no sympathy. There's no empathy. And even there is sade Freude. There is like sassy, supposedly funny comments about them, and particularly within the left. So this is what we're going to discuss today with Thomas and with Jacques, which apparently I'm not pronouncing as it should be, but Jacques it is. So I've already said I love how you pronounce it, Nikos. So we keep it, we keep it like that. We keep it at uh, Zach's. So the 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 way I got this insight to the to the soul of so many people is that I quote tweeted a tweet by a very prominent leftist in the UK, As Sarkar, and then she quote tweeted my quote tweet with a with a reply. She she made a comment something like. Uh, if you have enough money to do this underwater uh, expedition, you have enough money to be taxed more. So I was thinking, look, like someone is dying and this is what you have to say. And my comment was, looks like you're more motivated by envy rather than by wanting the poor to be well or better off. So she quote tweeted me and then I got hundreds of replies by leftists. And the replies were mostly in two categories. The one were the vile categories where they openly tell you, yes, we hate them. The fact that they're millionaires means they're bad people. But there was also a second interesting reply, which says, look, they had the opportunity to relieve the pain of so many people. They could have done something else with their money rather than go and do underwater tourism. And they didn't. And this proves that they're bad people. So I thought, wow, how clear we see for once what is the moral code of our time. The moral code that says that any success you have is now a burden of you. And it means that the mortgage that you have to repay to everyone else just got bigger. Anyway, Zach's, what's, uh, how did you, did you expect this uh, or what, whatever comes to your mind with, with this very sad uh, story of the submarine wreck? Um, well, I, it was interesting because I didn't find out about the, about the submersible, they're calling it, um, tragedy and until like, uh, two days ago, it was very, very recently. And I started following it avidly. It kind of reminded me of the, the soccer players that were trapped in the, um, the boys that were trapped in the, um, 
gosh, what was it? It was a cave, I think it had been. Um, it, something had gotten cave. They'd, they'd gone and explored the caves. And um, and I was really, I was like, oh my God, this, you know, like amazing rescue efforts are going on. I hope that this ends in, um, in, in saving of these lives so that we can, you know, demonstrate just the, the humanity of people, right? And caring for other people. And I got a, my first glimpse of what the, the, the unfortunate thread or theme of what we're talking about today. Yesterday, when I was reading a post from um, a Facebook friend of mine, who is a, I, I need to say this, um, he's, he's a fellow writer. Um, he is a, a dyed in the wool um, progressive. I need to say that specifically. And he wrote this beautiful post about, um, look, these people, you know, they deserve to live. Um, they, they, you know, if I had the money to go and do wonderful things like this, I would do it. Um, they, I mean, it was, you know, by, for all intents and purposes, it, it was, you know, the most objective post, objectivist post I've read. And he, he, this died in the wool progressive got destroyed by people um basically saying what you're saying nikos and and i was i mean i was shocked and and i don't know why i should be shocked i don't know why this surprises me um because i mean we we've had themes of this all the way um running up to today's times with uh, people hating the good for being good but it was just i, I just found it Discuss it literally. It made me sick to my stomach. I I couldn't believe that it's like they're dancing on the graves of these people. They're literally. not even dead literally. yet. Literally, literally, yeah. And uh, and and for what? For what? Because they are rich. That's the that's the thing. Notice, yeah. one week ago we had other dark souls dancing in graves, but at least these dark souls were like open racist. And we know these people, and these people are, no one likes them, let's put it this way. If you are saying, oh, these people were like uh, invaders or whatever, so, you know, I don't care. No one pays attention to these people. But these are supposedly the good guys. These are supposedly the friends of humanity. These are supposedly the people with empathy. I was seeing people commenting, uh, hate-filled comments, and out of curiosity, I was checking their Twitter uh, like banner, how it's called. And some of them had like love, not hate, uh, hate, not welcome here. And I was like, wow. There was a guy who was writing who says, hey, I went and checked the book, your, the book you wrote, and I'm so glad it didn't sell well. And I was thinking, wow, this, this guy is supposed to be like a lover of humanity. I mean, the fact that he is not sad for the dead people, that's the big thing. The big thing is not that he, you know, he, he, that I have a problem that my book is not like a bestseller. But imagine someone who's like, this, I disagree with this guy. So let me find out that this guy has not succeeded in his life. And now it's like, now I'm happy again. It's like they want to see failure. They want to see failure, either on the small level, like you didn't sell books, or on the big level, that the people who made a lot of money are down on the bottom of the ocean. And this somehow, relaxes them. It's like, yes, my view of life, the darkness in my soul is verified. Thomas, what's your take? Uh, I'll be I'll be fixing something in my camera. I can still hear you though. Go on. 
So I was very late to the party in hearing about this news and my whole exposure has been reading uh, Nikos's Twitter feed about it. And as I read it, I was just overcome by sadness. Uh, some of the venom people were putting out there, but trying to disguise it as humor, thinking that they're funny, point like almost trying to, you know, it's a bit like the bear that's chained at the circus and they're like, sticking it with a need like with some swords to get it to dance and entertain and all the matadors and the balls and they're getting trying to get their cheer from the crowd for for being brave enough to prod something that can't defend itself but i think the most overwhelming uh sensation i was getting was just the dehumanization of these millionaires for example i don't like, I can't even see what their names are, right? There's, I don't know if that's been released or not, but that, that's the only thing that I can see on these people. But that, like I said, my exposure has been very limited. But it is just full-on dehumanisation. And it's it appears that the people that haven't managed to create something for themselves view those who can not as people but as reminders of the failures or the lack of potential that they are. I see it all the time in, in, in the fitness world, you know, if, when people start losing a bit of weight, what's the first thing people say? Oh, don't lose too much weight. Or, you know. We saw it with Adele so that people yeah. understand that we're not straw manning here. What do you say? We saw it with Adele. Many, she lost a lot of weight. Yeah. And many people said, this is a betrayal. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's just dehumanization. You are no longer one of us. You are one of them. And we are not going to define what them is. We're just going to, we just know that you have no, I can no longer identify or relate to you because you have actually done something for yourself. You've actually succeeded. This is the, are you guys familiar with the analogy of the crab bucket? Yeah, yeah. With, with crab behavior, right? The crabs, and it's actually true. Crabs, when uh, when they're caught in a bucket, uh, if one tries to flee, if one tries to to find a better life for itself, all the other crabs drag him down. Um, and this this is exactly it. it th these people may as well have drowned these people themselves, as far as I'm concerned. All the ones who are showering hate upon these people who absolutely deserve the exact opposite. But can I ask you something, people? So Zach said something about the crabs in the bucket. The person who started all this discussion, who, who made me see, it's not like basement dwellers, losers. It's almost prominent leftist. So Asar Kari, someone who is successful, very successful. She has like half a million followers. She's self-created. They've created this Novara media, which is, it's huge. So we're not, we're talking about people who should know what it means to work hard, because I'm sure she works hard. They should they should know these things. So this for me makes it even more, even more mysterious. And again, so that people don't think we are straw manning. At some point, I put the question straight to some of the people who were putting all these heads. So I said, so if someone is a millionaire, you think they are de facto by default 
evil. And I got yes, 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 answers. And I was thinking, these people, the leftists, don't they stop for a second to think, have I seen this behavior, this way of thinking from anyone else, which I don't like? Have I seen this, for example, from the racists saying, maybe individual immigrants are okay, but immigrants as a group, I hate them. Or anti-Semites. Yeah, maybe this individual Jew is not a bad person, but Jews as a group, I hate them. Like, how can they miss that they're doing exactly the same thing? Supposedly, they've given their whole intellectual life on fighting racism and anti-Semitism and all that stuff. Can they see that they're doing exactly the same othering, dehumanizing, stereotyping? Well, I think when you say it like that, I'm reminded of a, a quote from Donald Miller, who said that the hero and the villain have the same backstory often. That the world has in some way hurt them. Like the hero is all, like normally orphaned or abandoned. The villain has like an injury or a lisp or some sort of def- like deformed style. And the only difference between them is how they respond to the world. The hero will say, I experienced this and I want to make sure no one ever has to go through this like I did, a more protector style. And the villain will say, the world hurt me, so I'm going to hurt it back. And you see that in some people where they, where no matter how hard they seem to try, or they're more afraid of being vulnerable and creating something that means something to them in case it gets taken away or torn away from them. So instead they become destroyers of other people and build themselves a throne, as it were, on the skulls of people they destroy. Anyway. Well said. Very well said. It's And again, it's sad. And of course, the big news is not uh, that the left is, hey, the big news is that these people died and this is the the tragic but once in a while you have the opportunity to really see clear what motivates some people and again i don't like blank statements everyone in the left is motivated by envy no many are mistaken many are but i don't know i don't want to to generalize but i think these two days i learned more about so many people on the left than in years of reading uh, textbooks and reading uh, reading books. It's like it's like with Ayn Rand when she saw Apollo and Woodstock. And it's like I see in front of me concretized concretized the two the two uh, senses of life. And the same was this week. The two different tragedies. In the one, these people were people in need, therefore they deserve sympathy. In the one, in the other one. These are people who were not in it, and therefore, what were they doing there? Why were they not uh, servicing people? So it looks like if you're a successful, service is a mortgage, that the more successful you become, the heavier the mortgage. This is for people who say that, oh, Ayn Rand is uh, hyperbolic, or Ayn Rand is straw money. We'll move to a more uh, to a lighter topic for the second uh, part, but let's see... Let's see what the audience say. Thank you, Robert, uh, Daniel, 
likes the Jacques pronunciation. Thank you very much, Marilyn. <laughs> Catherine says, people losing their humanity. Response is disheartening. It is. And this is like collectivism is poison. Collectivism is poison for the soul. Kiana says, just because someone has more money than you, that doesn't make them bad people. True. I bet if it was them on board or their family, they wouldn't be like this and would be begging for people to help. And again, for me, that's the big mystery. Many of the people who saw this envy and this hate, they are themselves, they are themselves successful. Jonathan says, Nikos went viral. I wish. So that tweet of mine got a quarter million views, but 99.9999 of them are to a leftist audience that replied with, uh, with hate. So uh, Marilyn says, would they refuse $1 million because it's evil? That's a very good question. They would probably say, it's okay for me to have the million because I gladly pay it in taxes. Or I'm going to do something good with it. I'm going to do something good with it. Bernie Sanders said that. I My book did well, so why not? But then I would ask them, why pay 80% in taxes and not 99%? Or why 99% and not 99.9999? Because today they have envy for the billionaires. They say openly, we want to tax them out of existence. Then they will have a problem with the millionaires. And then in five years, they will have a problem with you who have put like 5,000 in the, in the bank. Do you know something I find interesting on that, actually? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a conversation I've had with someone about this before. And, I'm, and when they're so hard on like, the rich need to be taxed, the rich need to be taxed. I'm like, okay, if that's a principle that you are, if, that, if that's your heel to die on, that people should be taxed, right? What are you doing? When was the last time you got your tax bill and actually said, you know what, I'm going to pay more tax? And instantly they're like, no, 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 no. Well, I'm taxed way too much considering for what I am. I'm like, well, you know, if like I said, if it's a principle, if, it, if that's your heel to die on, and you think everyone should be paying more tax to help those less fortunate, you know, unless you're one of those less fortunate people, there are people less fortunate than you. So when was the last time you sat down and gave more tax, more than you owed? It's literally it becomes literally a downward spiral. Then, like, who has uh, who has less? Mm. Anyway, again. Very sad, uh, very, very sad uh, topic. I'm, I'm holding out hope. I'm still holding out hope. Yeah. Uh, I saw something an hour ago from the co-founder of, um, what is it, Ocean, is it Ocean Gate, Ocean Guard, uh, that, uh, that the people could still have air if they, because they're very skilled at what they do and they could be maximizing the amount of air. I I don't know, in, in the face of all of this, negativity that everybody all the shade that everybody's throwing on it i'm i'm going to be the one hopeful person well let's hope let's hope because uh, i remember some years ago when i saw the chilean miners uh, be saved I, every time because i would use this in class as an example of like human persevering i would get emotional every time and again how someone can be in this position and not root for the ones that are to be saved. Anyway, something slightly lighter. We started it last week, but we didn't. Uh, it was just a sneak preview. You go. You can go to dinner with three people. 
they don't have to be the three at the same time, so they don't need to match. <laughs> Who are these three people? Ayn Rand is out of the discussion because it would be predictable. Although for the record, I wouldn't put Ayn Rand because I've read so much and I know people who know her. So in a way, I feel like I know her. Plus, I think I would be a bit star, uh, star, star. Anyway, Thomas, each one of us gives one. Then we go a second round. If we have time, we'll get to three people. Otherwise, maybe we stop at two. First person you'd uh, invite for dinner. First person I'd invite for dinner would have to be Lee Evans. Uh, he's a, com- a British comedian. Um, I think he was like... I'll have to Google him because I'm oh. that... He was the, I think he was the first comedian to prove that it was possible to sell out entire stadiums of um, like 100,000 people or something like that. Um, and he's very physical comedy, very observational comedy, and he has a direct route to my funny bone. So to be able to sit there and just enjoy an evening of laughter would be amazing. Sounds cool. Which is funny. I was actually one of the ones I was thinking of, but I didn't end up choosing was uh, Ricky Gervais, oh. uh, uh, who would be hilarious. But I, he, he didn't end up on my list, unfortunately. <laughs> so who is your number one, Zach? My number one, this is this is so predictable for me, but my number one would be David Bowie. Um, my absolute idol in art and music and... Uh, um, you know, even though I know so much about him already, uh, he had such an interesting private life that I think I would get to know a completely different side of Bowie were I to have a dinner with him. And just, um, and I think my criteria for these people that I want to go out to dinner with is what what could they teach me? Um, not so much about, you know, what what kind of you know, what do I want to spill about my life? What could they teach me about their perspective and their point of view? What could I learn from it? Um, and I absolutely know I wouldn't be bored for a millisecond if uh, I had a, a three-hour dinner with Bowie. Nice. So, Lee Evans, David Bowie. For me, there would be two categories. One would be, I want to learn stuff. The other is curiosity. So I'll start with the curiosity so that I mix the waters a bit. My first, per- the first invitation for a dinner would be to Stalin. So why Stalin? A, it's a person who has fascinated me, but also when it comes to evil, he's the most difficult to understand. Hitler, for example, qua evil person is easily understandable. You are a horrible person with horrible ideas. You put these horrible ideas in action. I hate the Jews. I do the Holocaust. It's unbelievable evil, but quite evil, it makes sense. With Stalin, is one step beyond that. It's evil, which doesn't make sense even as evil. So first of all, I would be interested in like, how did you do it? How did you become the most powerful person in the world? How did you start with a group of 10 people, literally, and then ended up uh, owning, uh, like having control on one third of the world? And also, why did you do the terror? Why did you kill and persecute the people around you? And by doing this, you made your own situation weaker. For me, this is one of the biggest mysteries in the world, the period of great terror in Soviet Union. But also, how does it feel? 
you were living for almost more than three decades in constant parania, looking behind your back. I was like, why? What did you get out of it? Again, out of it's all curiosity. It's all historical curiosity. So, you know, objective say evil is impotent and all that stuff. Still, I would be fascinated to have a very long discussion with Stalin just to in terms of understanding him better. Evil can also be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, particularly when it doesn't make sense, even quo evil, which is what is the situation with uh, with with Stalin. So now would Thomas, you go out with so would you have dinner with um with Stalin as a dictator or with Stalin in his younger life, uh, all the events leading up to him becoming the uh, authoritarian dictator? No, because in his, in his younger life, he was relatively boring. That's the thing. <laughs> Stalin was not a psychopath in terms of, you know, there was something wrong in his brain or when he was a child, someone beat him. As he was growing old, being the leader of the Soviet Union, he became that type of person. And my explanation is, if you want to lead the communist country, you can only do it by being that kind of person. A Soviet Union needs a Stalin. A regime based on envy and destruction needs someone like Stalin in its will. That's why when weaker people than Stalin got in the will, the Soviet Union collapsed. Of course, mm. it wouldn't have stood forever, even if someone like Stalin was there. But I think he was the right person because that's exactly the type of people that such a regime uh, would require. Thomas, who would be... So you've had your dinner with uh, Lee Evans. Next yeah. week, you can have a dinner with a second person. Who is that person now? My, the next choice is going to be quite a, an interesting one. So it would be Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton? Dolly Parton is my... Um, in terms of most... My favourite uh, business people of all time... Dolly Parton is in my top five. When you think about the industry that she was in, dominated by like, um, like men at the time, and she was able to go into boardrooms, not only hold her own, but also walk away with everything that she wanted. The genius of that woman in terms of a creator and the fact that throughout her entire life, she lived or is living exactly the way she wants to live when people were slating her about her cosmetic surgery and it's like oh dolly you know you look so cheap she would just come back with and say you know well it takes a lot of money to look this cheap you know? <laughs> and you know just so unapologetically herself and to understand that like, she knew the value of boredom and space and active patience to allow ideas to percolate and to get inspiration and to create all these different things just to be able to sit there and figure out how she thinks and how she uh, processes and negotiates through these moments I just think would be fascinating that's a great so, choice Dolly Parton so Zax who would be your number two a week after David Bowie uh, a week after Bowie, so I kind of had to cheat on this one um, because when I first came up with my top three, I was like, they're all men. And, you know, why? And, and if we're not choosing Ayn Rand, you know, what other 
woman would I think would be amazing to um, to talk to, but I had already chosen my three. So you see this conundrum that I was in. Uh, and uh, and I thought so so my my number two was um, was Richard Feynman, the mm. physicist. Uh, and uh, I, I read his book, uh, both um, Six Easy Pieces and um, Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman. Uh, Nikos, you're getting darker and darker. Is your uh, did your ring light go out? <laughs> it's uh, the 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 light went. Uh, I'm like Atlas Part Three. The light of the world <laughs> going out. The lights are getting dimmer on Nikos. Um, but uh, but so I, I think having a, a dinner with Feynman would be awesome. But then I thought, you know, I would also love to know Madame Curie. And then I realized I want to be at a dinner with Dick Feynman and Madame Curie. And I just want to listen. I just I just want to listen to what they have to say to each other. And I know I would be absolutely blown away it would it would be the most knowledgeable entertaining i think i would laugh my butt off um i would i would learn stuff about physics and and radioactivity that i you know never knew before and would probably forget the next morning but uh it would be an amazing time so those are my those those are my that's my cheat choice i want to be a fly on the wall maybe or maybe a fly that that you know can speak a little bit while i uh listen to dick Feynman and madame curie go at it Okay, so that's <laughs> technically two people. So let's say we have uh, we have three people that Zach should go to. Dinner. My, by the way, I've changed my mind now. I want uh, to go to dinner with Ayn Rand. I mean, if I'm not <laughs> if I'm not intimidated by Stalin, I think I could be I could do fine with with Ayn Rand. So second would be definitely Michael Jordan, but not for the usual reasons. Most people would ask Michael Jordan things related to what happened in that game. I want to ask him how did he become the most hardworking athlete, perhaps of all time? How is it, Mike Jordan, that you would come back from a flight from an away game, let's say at two o'clock, and then at at six o'clock in the morning you have training? When did you sleep? How did you manage to play golf for five hours at the day of a game and then be at the game and be at that level? So it would be curiosity but curiosity about these very 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 small things like were you stressed how could no one ever see it how could you hold your nerves when you knew you were the most well-known athlete or even perhaps person in the world in the early 90s like you knew that all the eyes of the world were on you how did you deal with it how did you handle it so this would be my this would be my second choice. And because we're running out of time, we're not going to have a, a third uh, choice, although we heard who would be Zach's third choice. So Thomas, who would be your third choice so without my, going deep into it? Without going deep into it, my third choice would be uh, Mike Mensah. Ooh. Mike, yeah, Mike Mensah. Um, the bodybuilder who was influenced by objectivism. A bodybuilder who was influenced by objectivism, um, just his mind and the way he thought through everything, and the fact that he was also a byproduct of Arthur Jones, who was the creator of the Nautilus system. What's interesting is the at that time the world, like the fitness world, was going through a battle of philosophy in and of itself. You had Joe Weider, 
whose poster boy was Arnold Schwarzenegger, pushing the high volume approach and lots of supplements. Then you had the Arthur Jones and his poster boy was Mike Mensah, pushing a more um, focused, principled philosophy on training. And because Arthur Jones was not a very likable man and Arnold Schwarzenegger is very charismatic, we know who won that philosophical battle. I'm looking forward to hear more about that in uh, Ocon. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we're also going to train, uh, going to train together. Absolutely. So, yeah, I want to recommend. I did just finish watching the documentary um, called Arnold mm. about Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's it's a it's three hours long. I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was a true like American uh, hero story. He said that he felt. Uh, it wasn't until he got to America that he actually felt like he was finally at home. Mm. Um, but uh, for, you know, we forgive him the errors that he made in politics, but he truly a self-made man. By the way, Zach, are you, are you coming to Ocon? I am not coming to Ocon, unfortunately, ah, this year. I, yeah. That's a pity. Sorry, guys. You guys are just going to have to come out to Silicon Valley and we'll have like a mini Ocon here. Okay. okay. <laughs> then. Till then, we will see you in the collective. So tonight, upcoming, 10 p.m. UK in time, live on Earth with Robert Nasir. On here is the news, the late edition. So more stuff in ARC UK, always happening. Okay, that's your daily collective for this Thursday. Till next time, thank you for watching. Thank you for participating, for giving us your support and your super chats. All the best. Bye, everybody.